People building in the space are always asking, what's the cool thing I can do? What's something neat I can do? I think the block height and these endpoints are like really interesting. And I don't think we've seen people really tap into them that much yet. So I'd love for you to explain how that works and what could potentially be powered by these sorts of things. Yeah, totally. Two of the things that we're doing with this collection is that we're trying to use a lot of the latest tools like recursion and also the 0.6.2 update, which allows you to access certain data, the block height and other things. And I think one of the cool things is that these things are really easy to do, like a lot easier to do than you could imagine in a smart contract because you're leveraging to like to do the recursion is very simple, right? The way we're actually doing this is we're inscribing all the traits first. And then similar to what OnChain Monkey did, every PFP is just using recursion to put those pieces together. That allows us to save 75% on the ins- inscription cost, but also to increase the resolution of the PFPs, like up from 600 by 600 to 2000 by 2000. And it's still like 75% less inscription cost. But then one of the cool things we can do is we're using what uh, a blog post that Bruffstar published from Ordinal Spot about how he combined those layers using HTML canvas to re- result in a final JPEG output so that when you right-click and save, um, you're not like right-clicking and saving the top layer, but you're right-clicking and saving an outputted image. And then we can very easily pull in the block height. And then based on what the block height is, let's say you want to have two different versions, you can divide by two, figure out is it an odd or even number, and then you can point to a different layer based on that number. So you can do very simple things. Like you can change what uh, the background is, and this would update like every 10 minutes or every block, or you could change other traits and you can play with rarity based on that. So you could have a more rare item having, you know, three different permutations or four different. And then just thinking about how to create versions of this, of this PFP that are consistent. And with us, like we have a trait where it's like they have a pizza on a fork, and then we have a trait where there's like a pizza on the head. So you can imagine like in one PFP, the pizza's on the fork and the other one, it's like on the head. You could imagine some simple things like, again, like the simple background changes. You can imagine the eyes change and it, it goes beyond just like the, the color itself, but it can also be having some like kind of trait consistency so that it gives a little more character to it. And it also allows people to potentially choose the one that they like better to use. But I think also people just feel like they're getting more value by having a PFP that has a few different versions of it. So it's something that, I haven't seen done. And, and it's important to remember as well, once they're inscribed, you're going to have that forever and, it, and it's immutable, but it allows a little bit more of a variety and something that I think people have talked about on Ethereum, but, but no one really implemented in a meaningful way, I think because of the complexity was too high. But with the 0.6.2, it like really simplifies things and it fits nicely into the recursion to where it's just one more line of code. Just say, hey, divide by this and then pick this one or this one. To set that up on Ethereum, like this, I think this is one of the benefits of a recursion because the recursion actually makes this like 10 times simpler to do this because you're already inscribing the traits and then putting them together. And so I would love to see more people do this, do creative things with this. You could also use this to do a reveal as well. So you could have before X block height only show the reveal, the unrevealed image, and then after X block height load these other traits and people could probably, people be able to look behind it to see what theirs is, just looking at the code. But you could still have that extra little fun factor of unwrapping a present, so to say, that I think has made on Ethereum the uh, mint and then reveal process pretty fun. 
And then I think the next level, of course, is like adding the randomization in there, which like OnChain Monkey did, I think is still a little bit technically complex. I'd love to talk to Danny maybe to figure out if we could do it simply. But there's other ways as well to make sure that something is not on-chain provable, like on-chain, like OCM Dimensions, but you can do things like where you have like a live stream where you roll the traits live on the stream and you post the link to the Google Sheet. And there's ways to get 80, 90% of the way there by doing things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think, like relative to the volume that we're seeing in the market, I think we're seeing like a little bit of a lull in terms of a few weeks ago, things were moving like really fast in terms of liquidity coming in. But from an innovation perspective, and what's now possible based on these recent upgrades, a lot more is possible. And I'm super excited to see like what creativity people can pull into it going forward. And you could use, again, the, the state of the blockchain for a lot of different things like randomness, making the, the PFPs change a bit. You could imagine that can affect rarity as well because it's a very simple idea for people to latch onto in terms of, hey, this PFP has... 10 different changes that it goes through. You know what I mean? And and that would give people, it's almost like owning 10 different assets, but as long as they fit together in a way, like you can imagine for the ninjas, like maybe one is, one version has the angel halo and then the next one has the the, the devil horns. You could imagine the, like the eyes change or there's something in the hand and maybe it's like in one version, they have nothing in the hand, another version, they have a ninja star in the hand or in one version, they have laser eyes and they don't have laser eyes or... Like we said at the beginning, the pizza is on the fork and the pizza is on their head. These are some of the cool things that we're trying to do to make the storytelling a little bit better for the community. Love that. I hope some people listening who are building collections, creating art, got some ideas there. And I want to sit on this for a minute because I think it's important to point out that what Trevor's talking about here, these like different endpoints that allow you to basically talk to the chain from within the inscription, these are not like a meta protocol. This was not created as somebody coming along creating hey like this would be a neat idea we're gonna do all these different standards this is officially in the ordinals protocol like merged like casey and ordinally and raf have merged this into the official protocol there's an upgrade that supports this right like to me as a builder of an explorer like we see that and like within a few hours we're gonna implement that right like you can almost guarantee support from marketplaces and explorers right with this so to me I want to brainstorm some ideas here. I'm, I'm curious if people have ideas. I'm going to throw one out. I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot we can do with these endpoints. And I think we should add like a hundred endpoints. There's literally like, you should have pretty much absolute view into the Bitcoin blockchain. If the data is on chain, we should have an endpoint to be able to access that. So just, I'll just give one very simple example here. There should be an endpoint that says get inscriptions for address. And there should be an endpoint for get address of like connected user or something like this. And basically the explorer can feed or the marketplace can feed in the address of the connected user into the inscription, or maybe there's just an input. Somebody can do that type plug in your copy, paste your own address in, but then it's like that inscription, maybe it's a game and it would be helpful to know that they own a certain amount of or game, like the wizards game, right? or Zeth for your game, it could be interesting to be able to have an array return to you in the inscription saying, hey, these are the like 73 inscriptions that this person holds. And this is trivial for the explorers to basically feed into these inscriptions. And then you could display to the user, hey, here's your 32 inscriptions that are images, select the one you want to be your character. And you could imagine, I'm talking like literally this is minutes of code for Zeth and 10 minutes of code for myself. 
and Zach to do this if we had the endpoint. So I'm a big fan of let's add endpoints so that these inscriptions just have much more rich data to interact with these other assets that are also on chain, right? There's no reason why you can't pick your PFP to play inside of games, right? So these are the sorts of pieces that I want to see come together. That was just my initial kind of idea here that I'd like to see happen. I'm I'm curious if anybody else has ideas for endpoints for data that they can access because I do think, yeah, basically like this recursive stuff is just very interesting to me. And it's not completely obvious to me that how people will use it. Like when I saw the block height endpoint, I did not think of like pizza on fork, pizza on head, like color changing. (laughs) That's not what came to my mind. But undoubtedly, like people are using it to do reveals. People are using it to make the art dynamic and change with time. This is like super interesting. So I just want to see, I want to see 50 and let's make a goal. I want to see like wrap ordinarily. I want to see a bunch of these endpoints because I think it unlocks just a bunch of really cool stuff. And people are like out of everything happening in this space right now. What I see is people are most excited about creating these recursive inscriptions. And I think we're going to see some really cool projects. And I want those projects to have the tools to build even cooler stuff. And just basically think of ideas for these endpoints that we could potentially implement and let's make them happen. I'm here to support it. And I think we can do some really cool stuff. So I just wanted to share that thought. And Trevor, that was an awesome breakdown of those endpoints that currently exist. And yeah, please leverage these things, guys. It's free. You can do really cool stuff. And if you have an idea, DM me, tweet it out, just put it into the world. I want to get together the top 50 ideas for these endpoints. And I, I really think like we could probably put a PR through that has just a bunch of very kind of obvious endpoints that we could add that I think I don't see any reason why Raf or the team would be against something like this. I think they'd actually love it. And let's get a bunch of endpoints up for these devs to, to work with. Because I think it'll just make everything we do way cooler. Yeah, Trevor. One cool thing you could do is essentially if you can read more data from the chain and you have multiple ORD indexers that can talk to each other, you can essentially create a much more robust set of oracles for certain things. Like you could imagine you could have, like you said, like looking at someone's Bitcoin balance in their wallet, what assets they hold. You could imagine looking at the hash rate of Bitcoin and you could create, I mean, with Uniswap, you can essentially create a a, a price oracle without an oracle, without having to go to like Binance and check the price through liquidity in a Uniswap pool, you estimate what the price of certain assets are going to be. But you could also, based on hash rate, I remember Jeff's uh, co-founder wrote a blog post a long time ago about how to make a hash rate based, Bitcoin hash rate based stable coin because the hash rate tends to correlate with what the price of Bitcoin is because for miners, if they're more profitable, they put more hash rate on chain. And so you can start to see this providing a better source of data for different applications. And you could see it to be also used in things like DLCs because a DLC, this is like going to be a big wave in terms of uh, DeFi coming to Bitcoin. But then if you have more robust ways to deal with the like centralized oracles in like a more of a decentralized way, maybe it's through lots of different people running indexers. No one has still solved the issue that we have of like how indexers can reconcile differences in state that they have. It'd be nice to see somebody start to think through how indexers can be a little bit more like nodes where they start to talk to each other. And for I think for ordinals, for identifying if you have an inscription, uh, an ordinal that's inscribed in your wallet or if it's a rare sat, like those are pretty easy, low risk things to do. But 
like going to DeFi and more complex applications, you do have a higher incentive for someone to be a participant to be dishonest in the situation. I think this is like where the frontier of where the space is going. The ability for inscriptions not only to for us to write data to block to Bitcoin and index it, but also to read data and maybe programmatically reconcile data as well. Yeah, love that. I'm very bullish on just giving inscriptions access to like basically every possible piece of on-chain data we could imagine. Let's give them access to that and see what happens. I think it's going to create a ton of cool stuff if we do that.